today on the Tearsheet Podcast. When COVID hit in early 2020, this put them in an extremely good position to be one of those companies that could pivot pretty easily to our, you know, working from home yoga pants uh, world where we just didn't see one another anymore. And what we see with TD Ameritrade, like they're working with, um, gosh, I think 12 million client accounts. They have over a trillion dollars in assets. You know, what they've been able to do is that's an enormous amount of collaboration. There's an enormous amount of, you know, information and understanding that TD Ameritrade needs to be able to collaborate on to make smart investment decisions. And they've been able to seamlessly do that by using Slack to collaborate. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. It's not just banking products that bear the fruit of new technology. Banks and other financial institutions are using popular tools like communications platform Slack to collaborate more efficiently internally and in increasing numbers to communicate with customers. Slack works with financial services organizations like TD Ameritrade, HSBC, Intuit, and Wealthsimple. Slack's Vice President of Customer Experience, Ali Real, joins us on the podcast to talk about how leading financial firms are using tools like Slack to develop a new digital workplace, one that allows employees to access information and software tools anytime and anywhere, with Slack as the central hub. Slack's Ali Rails, my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we hop into our conversation, I wanted to tell you about Tearsheet's Acquire Conference 2021. It's all about the growth behind today's top financial brands. If you want to hear what top brands in the industry are doing to grow, to scale, to market, you're going to want to attend Tearsheet's Acquire Conference. We've got brands like Marcus by Goldman, Current, Step, Zelle, Shopify, it reads like really like a who's who, Money Lion, Charles Schwab, PayPal, Square, N26, Vero Money, Stash, Cabbage, Tally. If you want to hear what these firms are doing and how they're approaching growth in this era, you're going to want to attend the conference. The conference is sponsored by Burgo Pack. It's February 16th and 18th. For more information, you go to Tearsheet.co, our website, and click on conferences in the upper right-hand corner. Hope to see you there. Hi there. My name is Allie Rail. I'm the VP of Customer Experience at Slack. Um, at Slack, our mission has always been to make our customers' lives uh, simpler, more pleasant, more productive. And my job is to understand what our customers are doing, where we can serve them better, and work throughout the rest of our company to ensure that we are you know, fulfilling that mission. Awesome. And I'm familiar with Slack with, you know, as an entrepreneur with a couple of the companies I helped start in, in the fintech sector. Um, but Slack has made its way into uh, to bigger financial institutions as well, huh? It really has. Um, we have, you know, customers across the, the size gamut in the financial industry. So, you know, one of the, the biggest ones is CD Ameritrade. We also have a lot of the, you know, kind of smaller upstart banks um, and everything in between. Yeah, so I'd love, let's start with the, the, the incumbents and let's talk about sort of some of the use cases that you're seeing um, these institutions use Slack for. Yeah, um, so I mentioned TD Ameritrade and they're mm -hmm. interesting. They, in 2018, they undertook a digital transformation effort. Like they were looking ahead and saying like, this is where the world is going. We need to kind of skate to where the puck's gonna be. And they have been steadily working on, you know, making their organization and all of their employees, they have you know, over 10,000, making all of those employees ready for kind of the future of work and what does it look like to be a much more digital and collaborative workplace. When COVID hit in early 2020, 
this put them in an extremely good position to be one of those companies that could pivot pretty easily to our, you know, working from home yoga pants uh, world where we just didn't see one another anymore. And what we see with TD Ameritrade, like they're working with, um, gosh, I think 12 million client accounts. They have over a trillion dollars in assets. Um, and, you know, what they've been able to do is that's an enormous amount of collaboration. There's an enormous amount of, you know, information and understanding that TD Ameritrade needs to be able to collaborate on to make smart investment decisions. And they've been able to seamlessly do that by using Slack to collaborate. So, so are they using Slack to communicate, communicate between teams? Are they using it for product development? I guess, can you give us a feel for some of the actual use cases of, of what they're doing with Slack? Yeah, we're seeing, um, with them, we're seeing the same with all financial institutions. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of it is back office. Um, you know, the back office has a lot of uh, communication that they need to do, but also product teams. And we're seeing this with most financial institutions now, which is people aren't going to banks as much. Um, you know, a lot of, I think I saw the 30, uh, so foot traffic to bank branches has decreased by something like 35%. Mm -hmm. And this means that all of these customer journeys have to be ported to an online world to serve customers. And, you know, as you mentioned, like these are product teams, these are development teams, these are folks um, working on the website, working on apps and making sure that customers can access whatever they need from their bank from their phones, from their computers without going into a branch. And this is another thing that they're using Slack for, which is the kind of collaboration that is necessary to ensure that, you know, these products are developed, that they're usable, that they're comprehensible, that they meet regulatory requirements, and, you know, ultimately that they work and serve their customers well. Awesome. And, and do they have Slack as sort of embedded in, in certain workflows, I guess, on certain teams, or is it, or is it more used as just like a communications tool? You know, I love that I'm talking to you because one of my favorite analogies when I think about Slack and the role that Slack plays in a workspace is an old school bank. And I kind of roll back to, you know, movies of the 1950s in a bank where you have, you know, lots of pneumatic tubes and folks pushing around the mail carts, you know, with those yellow envelopes that have the red string for like interdepartmental communication. Yeah. Um, when I think about that, what I see is events. So, you know, customer coming into a branch and depositing some cash and that cash going into a pneumatic tube and going into the back to be counted or, you know, whatever happens, that's an event. And um, when somebody puts a piece of paper in the yellow envelope, it goes on the mail cart and it gets delivered to someone else, that's an event. Banks are very event-driven enterprises at their core. And what Slack does is it allows you not to just communicate about events, but it actually allows you to ingest them and see them collaboratively. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you can see what is going on in your organization. And this is what you're talking about with this, you know, embedding workflows in Slack above and beyond just communicating about the workflows. Uh, and this is one way that Slack is, you know, pretty different from email, which is just kind of an undifferentiated stream of stuff that you kind of have to, you know, parse through, like, is this a system event? Is this a computer telling me about something? Is this, 
you know, a, a newsletter from a product I never subscribed to? Is this an email from my boss? Uh, with Slack, what we see in the financial services industry is folks really being able to separate all of these streams of work, of business-based events, of communication into different channels so that the right folks can access that information at the right time. And so that everybody kind of has the ability to separate these streams of work and figure out, you know, what do I need to handle? What do I need to engage with? And what do I simply need to know? And, you know, how can I have access to that whenever I need it, whether it's five minutes from now or five months from now? I really, Ellie, I like the way you described that. So it does allow you to sort of prioritize um, the stream. Do you, do you see your clients also prioritizing Slack versus other communication media that they have as well? Like Slack is used for X while email would be used for Y or are they differentiating like which channels they use for, for different purposes? Um, some customers do and some customers, you know, are just full in on Slack. It's, there are a lot of factors in there. A lot of it is, mm -hmm. you know, company culture and which systems are, you know, super, super tied into email and which ones they've ported over to Slack. So mm -hmm. as with any other software platform, you know, it does take time to move, you know, the, the foundations of your business, the, the pipelines and the way it functions, it takes time to move those into, you know, a different tool. Um, you know, one thing that we have seen with, uh, with other tools, for example, um, everybody is using Zoom or WebEx or something right now. And those actually integrate with Slack. So folks can still start those video calls or start those audio calls from within Slack. And we integrate a ton of tools. Um, so I think we have uh, over 2,500 apps in our app directory now. The goal is to make sure that whatever other tools you're using, you can at least see those and interact with those in Slack. Um, kind of keeps the attention focused again. It, keeps those events generated in those external systems centralized in one place so that everybody can kind of see them and interact with them and hopefully reduces some of that switching cost of moving between tools and kind of reorienting your brain around a new UX, and, you know, a lot of copying and pasting. We try to minimize that as much as we can. So, so we talked about TD Ameritrade, obviously legacy bank undergoing, mm -hmm. you know, digital transformation. What about um, sort of, you know, mobile first or, or tech first uh, banks, you know, challenger banks, we call them here on our podcast and on Tearsheet. Um, mm -hmm. how, are, how are they using Slack? And is, is it different than the use cases that um, some of the big banks are using? You know, it's, um, it's different in that these companies didn't need to figure out how to transform their, you know, heavily like brick and mortar presence to an app only world because they've been app only companies all along. And we have quite a few examples. So those of you in the US, you're probably familiar with Chime. Um, in the UK, you know, Monzo and Starling. Uh, you know, US is also pretty familiar with Airwallex, I think. Um, mm -hmm. They are relying on Slack to make sure that they're consistent in their communication. And one of the things that they want to do is ensure that they over-communicate company goals uh, internally, which we found is really important during this pandemic. Um, when we're in the office, yeah, when we're in the office, we, we absorb a lot from simply being around one another. Like mm. we can see our bosses talking about something and we can intuit and infer that that thing is important. 
um, we can hear the chatter in the lunchroom about like the latest project and we can intuit what is going on with that product. We are missing all of that just sort of casual but super, super important context that we get from being in the office. So one thing that we've seen during the pandemic is that executive teams and managers and leaders need to be really um, conscious about over communicating really frequently and really explicitly just to make sure that everybody understands what's going on. Uh, I think that we forget how much of a tailwind that we got from being in the office on simply understanding the context of our work. It doesn't mean that it's irreplaceable. It, you know, we can do it through over communication, but this is one thing that Airwallex has really um, leaned on Slack for during this pandemic. You know, everybody is in Slack. They know they have the attention of all their employees. It is a perfect place to go and say like, this is what matters to us today, this week, this month, this quarter, this year. That makes a lot of sense. And, and I think a lot of the examples we've discussed up until now have been sort of internal communication needs. Mm -hmm. um, I know that Slack also um, is being used to talk to external um, parties, like particularly customers. Can you talk about how some financial services companies are using Slack in that vein? Yeah, so um, we have a feature called Slack Connect. And you know, Slack, um, up until about a year ago, Slack was great for communicating within the walls of your company. You could invite guests into your, your Slack workspace. They had separate accounts. You could control what they could see. But really, we were a, um, a tool for thinking about working with your colleagues in your company. With Slack Connect, we've really kind of blown away that barrier. And what you can do is um, in Slack, all of our information is organized in channels. And you can actually share one of those channels with another company. You can start sending direct messages to folks at those other companies without these guest accounts, um, without worrying about you know, leaking any data or anything. And uh, Airwallex is actually a good example of this. They're using Slack Connect to uh, communicate both with enterprise partners. So, None of our companies live in a vacuum. We all rely on an ecosystem of vendors and partners and customers to, uh, you know, to move our businesses forward. So Airwallex is using Slack Connect to manage those aspects of their business by sharing channels and sending direct messages cross company. They're also using um, Slack Connect to talk to their customers. So I, I'm kind of curious, you know, because I'm kind of curious on, I guess, the evolution of Slack's penetration into the financial services market. I know you sit on sort of what happens after that, but um, what, what was that journey like for Slack and, and for um, the industry, I guess, opening up to be able to use a tool like Slack? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've been at Slack since the beginning and it's just been like, we always learn something new that is like surprising and like, oh, I, I never thought about this. I never realized it. So one of our kind of early learnings in 2014 was about FINRA. Like we kind of knew the acronym, we kind of knew what it was about, but then suddenly we were faced with like, oh, we, this is a requirement that our customers have and we need to support them in uh, you know, fulfilling these FINRA requirements. And all of these changes, everything that we've needed to do for the financial services industry, whether it's in the US or abroad, uh, has really been done in partnership with our customers and in conversation with our customers, understanding, you know, not just what is, you know, what is the rule of law? What are the words and the regulation? But like, what does this mean to you? What does it mean for your company company to be FINRA compliant? 
What does it mean in the financial services industry for you to fulfill your GDPR obligations? So it has been a learning journey, but I think since we've done it kind of hand in hand with our customers, it is one that is pretty seamless for, um, for new folks coming on board because we get it now um, and we've been able to kind of build that understanding into the product. Yeah, I kind of feel like the financial services industry, probably like most other industries, like once a big customer comes on and they make the announcement, it makes it that much easier for the next financial services customer to to adopt a new technology. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if you know, for example, like, well, obviously TD Ameritrade is FINRA compliant, so they must have figured this out. And it gives you, it's just kind of one of those things that um, it removes a barrier. Yeah. Like it, there is a logical step you can take to be like, okay, this is figured out what's next. So, so I like how, Ali, how you described um, sort of your evolution alongside your customers, hearing what they need and, and, and expanding further. What, I guess looking ahead, I guess from a product point of view or a service point of view, um, where do you think they're, they're bringing you? Sure. I'm sorry, you cut out a bit. What was that? So, I'm sorry if the connection isn't good, but um, you, you talked about sort of Slack uh, growing alongside your customers and then bringing you mm-hmm. along into what they needed. I guess looking yeah. ahead, um, are there things that you're feeling, are they bringing you, where are they bringing you into their journey in terms of the future needs from Slack? Yeah, it's, um, there is always, anybody um, listening to this who's done software will, will know this so well. There is always more that you want to do with your software than you know you could do in a thousand years, and so a lot of this is just being really thoughtful and strategic about um, what are what are our customers asking for, uh, you know, very specifically. What sort of themes do that fit into, and what can like what can we develop as more of a holistic product solution to ensure that we are addressing those themes. And one of the big ones is continuing to double down and expand on Slack Connect. We know, like, you know, like I said, we exist in an ecosystem. None of our companies are an island uh, in and of themselves. So ensuring that we continue to grow and enhance the ability for people to work within this kind of intercompany ecosystem. And the other one I kind of mentioned at the beginning, which is, you know, what we're calling the event-driven enterprise which sounds very buzzwordy, but you know, it's, it's kind of like I explained, um, like the pneumatic tubes and the yellow interdepartment envelopes, but for everything that happens in your business, real time, you know, more transparently, um, more discoverable and more actionable. And when we think about the financial services industry, you know, these are two things that are really important to them that we're pushing on. And I think the final one um, I mentioned, you know, companies that need to store their data in the company in the uh, country in which they operate and we're going to continue to work with our customers to ensure that we can satisfy their data residency requirements as well ali thanks for joining us on the tear sheet podcast today thank you so much for having me it was great